and welcome to another edition of the yeah guys podcast i'm your host ram and i'm joined by tony parker and josh the usual gang here uh tony we don't have anything going on i believe um the senior bowl is coming up here pretty soon but i wanted to go to you for any college football news definitely so uh first up we got uh kari crump who is a michigan state player he was involved with uh the tunnel uh, situation and all that. He has uh, pled guilty to a um, to a deal where he doesn't um, get any, I guess, serious stuff. He is going to get probation, but he uh, he pled guilty, uh, pled guilty, and it will be a misdemeanor. Um, there was a little bit of talk about possibly uh, Washington, the University of Washington, the one. Uh, with Michael Penix, uh, Ryan Grubb. Uh, there was some thoughts about him taking over the offensive coordinator spot for Alabama since Steve Sir, or, uh, uh, Bill O'Brien left. Um, but uh, he has said that Ryan Grubb has said that he's going to stay at Washington. Um, let's see. Uh, JT, JT Shrout, the quarterback uh, at Colorado. We all, I kind of mentioned him last time. Uh, he has entered the transfer portal because of uh, Sanders coming with Dion, uh, uh, and he is going to go to Arkansas State, so he is transferring there. Um, Stetson Bennett uh, in the news for a little bit of bad stuff. Uh, Sunday morning uh, was arrested on public intoxication in uh, Dallas, Texas. Um, he was uh, released earlier that more or later that morning. Um, so yeah, that's Stetson's living his best life. Um, and then ex-Washington Huskies quarterback Sam Huard, who has been a backup for a majority of his college career, he backed up uh, Michael Penix. Uh, he's going to Cal Poly, so he's going to a little bit of a lower um, level college, but he is going to be able to have his high school coach as his uh college coach. So that's pretty cool. And then um, some kind of some cool news um, earlier this week, James Laurinaitis uh, will be joining the Ohio State coaching staff as a, a defensive graduate assistant. So that'll be fun to see. Um, as we all know, James was uh, a, a legendary player when he played and it'll be uh, cool to see what he uh, brings to the uh, to the Buckeyes defense because they need a little bit of help. But uh, that's really all I got for this week. Cool. Cool. Um, Josh, I saw you posted earlier that the Clemson schedule came out, uh, before we move on to the NFL, I just wanted to get your quick thoughts on the Clemson schedule for 2023. Uh, yeah, uh, pretty cool. We're opening the season up at Duke. Uh, I think we haven't played at Duke since 2012, I believe. Uh, back when we still had DeAndre Hopkins. We did play Duke, I think in the ACC championship in 2018, but we haven't played at Duke in, uh, over a decade. So. Uh, we already get to see some of the benefits of the ACC getting rid of their uh, divisions. Um, I think it's interesting that we have Florida State week four. Uh, to me, that just kind of shows the ACC is highly anticipating uh, a Clemson-Florida State rematch for the ACC championship, again, uh, without divisions. Uh, I think they want to get – I think they want to get – two of what they think will be their better teams to face off early so that whoever loses can still win out. And similar to, I guess, how like the SEC has like Bama, Georgia, uh, I think they want to try to do something similar with like Clemson, FSU, have them both 
pretty high up there by the time the ACC championship rolls around. Um, and then the only other thing I thought that was noticeable, we go like a month without playing at home uh, between the Wake game and Notre Dame. And I noticed that leading up to the Notre Dame game, uh, I feel like it's typically common for uh, for teams to give themselves a bye the week before Notre Dame, unless it's like, a, you know, to help the teams, obviously, but also to punish Notre Dame for not joining a conference. But uh, we go at Miami and at NC State uh, before we get Notre Dame at home. So uh, I think we've got a handful of tough games. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, the week before South Carolina, we have UNC. So uh, I think we'll have a, a rough stretch to, or a tougher stretch, at least by ACC standards, to end the season. Um, but, uh, you know, with the addition of Garrett Riley at OC, uh, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic for, uh, to see what this team can do. Yeah, and uh, I think um, Clemson gets another shot at Notre Dame, which will they're, they're probably not happy about the result this year. So they'll get them again next year, next year see what happens. Um, Moving on to the NFL side of things, uh, we had the conference championships go down. Um, we'll we'll kind of just break it down each game. We'll start with the Niners and the Eagles. Eagles taking this one 31 to 7, just a blowout, but uh, several factors into the score. Um, the, the Niners didn't have a quarterback in the second half. Um, Brock Purdy went down with a UCL injury, which turned out to been uh, which turns out to be torn, uh, which requires surgery. He'll be out for six months. Um, and then Josh Johnson came in the game, the backup quarterback. Uh, or technically the fourth quarterback on the Niners roster coming into the season. Uh, he goes out with a concussion. Uh, Brock Birdie comes back in, uh, cannot throw the ball, hands the ball off for the rest of the half. The Niners um, fall to the Eagles 31 to seven. Parker, I'll let you take it away with any thoughts you had on this game in particular. Yeah, right when that um, injury happened, um, it kind of took San Francisco out of the game. Um, it became really one-dimensional. Uh, they literally hand the ball off, like you said, literally like pretty much every single play, these reverse-like plays, and just couldn't get anything going. And, you know, Philadelphia just dominated, um, um, you know, Jalen Hurts and uh, that squad, that offensive line, um, you know, they've been pretty much the best team all year long, uh, dominating, you know, week in and week out, um, other than just that one game against uh, uh, Washington early on. And, they came up short against Dallas, I believe, later on in the season. But they had a really good, uh, really strong year, and they they played really strong. And I just like to to bring up the uh, point differential. They've I think they've scored sixty eight points um, so far in the two games that they've played, and only allowed fourteen. So that's got to be some sort of record uh, in terms of uh, you know playoff point differential because that is actually like insane. Just blowing teams out in the playoffs is kind of just crazy. Yeah, I will go to Josh and then uh, Tony. Yeah, well, um, honestly, I, I'll say that <clears throat> I wasn't particularly, like, impressed by Jalen Hurts in this game. I don't think he had 200 yards passing. Uh, we know that 49ers defense is good, um, but I felt like a lot of their scoring drives heavily relied on the run game or penalties to get them – uh, you know, down the field. Uh, I mean, honestly, like it's a sign of a good offense, I believe, when, you know, you you can just run the ball um, and kind of out-physical the other team. Um, and so I think Hurts obviously has a good team around him. 
and he just has to do enough to, you know, to get by. Plus, once, like, once Brock Purdy was out, you really didn't have a need to air it out. Um, so I don't necessarily fault him for it, but uh, still, I wasn't particularly impressed. Uh, like I said, once Purdy was out, that game was like that game was over like halfway through the second quarter, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, same for me. Um, I felt like, um, I mean, I think a lot of us felt that Brock Purdy needed to have a really great game for the 49ers, for the 49ers to have a chance. And then uh, to see him go down, minus three turnover differential. Um, the, I mean, Josh Johnson going out. Um, it just is. It just makes it that much higher and harder of a, a hill to climb. And, and as you mentioned, Josh, it seemed like a lot of um, Philadelphia's kind of like scoring drives or, you know, minus the first one were a little bit shorter because of those turnovers and whatnot. And uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the 49ers played really well defensively, to be honest with you. They held Jalen Hurts to 121 passing yards. I mean, normally that's pretty solid defensively, but they just, it was the running game that really got them. Uh, shout out to the, the runners, uh, the running backs at, uh, at Philly for, uh, for having a great day, having a huge day on the ground. Um, more, more like touchdown wise and necessarily not like yards, but um, they got the job done and they're going to their second Super Bowl in uh, four or five years, I think. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys pretty much nailed it. I mean, if you look at the box score, you don't see a lot of things that just pop out. And that's because you have two great defenses. Uh, Devontae Smith for the Eagles was the leading wide receiver of the game, two catches for 36 yards. Uh, that kind of tells the story. Um, the Niners couldn't throw the ball because they didn't have a quarterback to throw the ball. Um, and then you look at Jalen Hurts, like you said, Tony, 121 yards, no touchdowns on the ground, I don't believe, but also no touchdowns in the air. Um, it's just kind of uncharacteristic for the Niners to give up um, a couple of gashes on the ground like they did. And then the touchdowns coming right after that. And then the penalties as well, face masks, and then the other ones that uh, follow just uncharacteristic uh, for their defense, but you can't really blame them. They were on the field for the majority of the game. Their offense couldn't get much done, but uh, kind of unfortunate for the Niners to, to end the season like that. But um, I, I do think the better team won the game, uh, which was the Eagles and they, they do move on uh, to Super Bowl uh, in, in a couple of weeks. They're going to be playing the winner of the Bengals and chiefs. And it was the chiefs 23 to 20. Um, Parker, we'll stop with you with any thoughts you may have about this, about this game here. Yeah. Um, you know, all four of us, we all picked the, the Bengals to win this game. We thought it was in the bag. Uh, we kind of the, the chiefs out like no tomorrow. And, you know, I think a lot of people did uh, just based on the, uh, the injury to you to uh, Patrick Mahomes, but you know, when the game started, it was almost like, it was almost like kind of unaffecting him, but he just wasn't as mobile, but he, he was still getting the job done. Uh, Travis Kelsey also hurt. I think it just shows that, that that team is just battle tested. They've been in that, in that game for five years in a row, uh, which is kind of crazy. So um, with all that to say, uh, you know, they just, they just were, were battling hard. That Chiefs defense, Chris Jones, um, our boy Chris Jones, you know, uh, he had two sacks, his first career uh, playoff sacks. And, I mean, that that defense was definitely underestimated uh, by, I think, everyone. Uh, they kind of shut Jamar Chase down until that big catch at the end of the game. And 
I mean, a, a few nice catches throughout, but, um, you know, Joe Burrow did everything he could, but that offensive line just could not, uh, you know, hold up when it really mattered. And I mean, yeah, the, the Chiefs just squeaked by, but I mean, I think that, that they've got a good chance to uh, win the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. It was it was odd to me, I guess. Uh, I think I told you guys from like a matchup perspective. I thought the Bengals could beat the Chiefs, but the Chiefs would be a better matchup to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um, I think you know this game is what I feel like the conference championship games should feel like. Um, you know, if Brock Purdy doesn't go down. Maybe that's, you know, maybe the NFC Championship is a similar story. Um, and, I mean, I thought this was a pretty good game back and forth. Uh, I think Burrow had multiple opportunities uh, late in the game to to string a drive together, and, you know, they just couldn't do it. The, I mean, the guy was sacked, I believe, three or four times in the first quarter alone. And another time on like their first offensive play of the second quarter, like he, they got to figure out something for that offensive line. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when the game came down to it in the end, uh, Pat Mahomes, he was able to use his legs and and a penalty. Uh, but uh, I mean, they did what they needed to do. So yeah, testament to them as a team. Kind of like Parker said, like they've been in this game for for several years straight now, so. Agreed. Yeah, this was a, this is a great game um, for the, for the Chiefs, excuse me. I think the Bengals um, did, as you mentioned, they did have their opportunities defensively. They kind of, after they got down 13 to three, you're thinking, oh man, you know, this game's probably on the, on the, on the verge of getting ugly. And I thought their defense did a really solid job uh, to keep Cincinnati in it. Cincinnati responded with a couple scores. They tie it up at 13. They even tied it up when it was 20 to 13. Uh, and uh, as you mentioned, just um, just the resolve from that that Kansas City def- uh, Kansas City offense and their playmakers, just having that experience and and just kind of knowing that that they're going to get it done. You know, say what you want about the penalty. I think it's a penalty. Obviously, I mean, he hits them out late, but just saying, uh, you know, some people out there may not. agree with it, but uh, it is what it is. And uh, Harrison Butker still had to make that kick, um, which was almost, I think it was like 46 yards. So it was no gimme. Um, Credit to him right down the pipe. And uh, man, yeah, the Chiefs are kind of starting a little bit of a, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say the the D word. That's, that's Patriot stuff. But um, what they're on, the, the run that they're on, at least getting to the AFC title is, is very impressive. So I think uh, that's that's definitely a true testament to their their skill as a team and and what they can do. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys you guys pretty much nailed it. I guess one thing I can point out, which kind of stood out to me, was the fact that the leading rusher for the Bengals was Joe Burrow, four carries for thirty yards. So I mean, right. they weren't able to develop the run, the the defensive line. Actually, for both teams, they they got to the quarterback quick, they got into the line of scrimmage quick. Um, but at the end of the day. Patrick Mahomes is really able to, to do his thing uh, under pressure. I mean, facing a ton of pressure, getting the ball out accurately on the run while this guy's like jumping, throwing side passes. Like you're never going to see like, you know, you're never going to see that often. Um, but you get to see it if you watch Patrick Mahomes, but 
Um, we get to see the best of the best coming up, Eagles versus Chiefs in a couple of weeks, but we, we aren't going to go into it now. Um, what we can do, though, is we can go over um, some news, which, I mean, it's coming it's coming in hot because we got some we got some hires that we, that we can go over. Parker, you want to start it out here? Yeah, um, I don't know if we covered the uh, Frank Reich um, uh, hiring, but uh, he got hired as the Panthers head coach, um, I think, earlier in the week or like last week at the end of the week. Um, but he will be uh, the head coach of the Panthers, and I believe he was the a, a quarterback on their team uh, once upon a time as well. Their first ever quarterback. First ever quarterback. So look at that. Uh, he's making a, a full circle right around to be their head coach. And um, I think he's a, a pretty good head coach. So uh, we'll see what he, what he can do uh, trying to rebuild that team down in uh, Carolina. Um, and then the, uh, the we'll go to the uh, not so crazy news. Um, uh, D'Amico Ryans gets hired as the uh, Texans head coach. He was the Niners defensive coordinator. So uh, he'll be taking over where he once played as well, uh, I believe, on the Houston Texans there. So another player becoming a head coach uh, for their former uh, organization. And uh, the big kind of crazy news of the day is uh, Sean Payton uh, getting traded to the Denver Broncos, and he's going to be their uh, head coach uh, for the uh, 2023 season. Uh, and the Saints will receive a 2023 first round pick and a 2024 second round pick. So that's a lot of draft capital for a uh, head coach, which is uh, kind of insane. Uh, a pretty good head coach, um, I think we can all agree, but um, we'll see what he, what he can do with uh, Russ and we'll see if they can ride um, up there in Denver. So uh, that's pretty much the big news. Um, I don't know uh, if you guys got anything else, but. Um, yeah, there are a couple things here before we uh, kind of close it out here. Um, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for, for Dallas, um, he got fired by the Cowboys and hired as the Chargers offensive coordinator who, uh, who they lost. They, they lost their offensive coordinator as well, Joe Lombardi. Uh, so they have a new guy calling plays for, for Justin Herbert. Um, and just kind of going down the list, I don't have too much more. Um, I think there was one more thing. <laughs> the Titans are switching from grass to turf. So that's, that's, I guess, interesting. Um, and like, yeah, like I said it before, uh, UCL tear for, um, Brock Purdy, which will require surgery. He should be back maybe by the regular season, but I don't think he's going to be participating in uh, a lot of the off season programs. So just the question marks, with their quarterbacks um, kind of begins now um, Brock Purdy with the surgery. When is he going to be back? And then you got a guy like Trey Lance. Are you going to, are you going to trade him? Are you going to roll with him as your starter? You have Jimmy G as a, a free agent coming up. Um, and then I can't even remember any other quarterbacks. <laughs> Josh Johnson. I don't know what you want to do with him, but um, just a lot of questions, <laughs> a lot of questions for the 49ers. Um, and this offseason is going to be crazy, especially with the draft coming up. We're going to be doing our homework, getting our um, draft boards put together. We will do a, a mock draft towards the draft coming up in April, probably late April. But um, Parker, we'll, we'll start with you. Any any final thoughts before we close this uh, quick podcast off here? Yeah, um, I was uh, seeing a lot of people saying that, uh, you know, this year's playoffs have not been um, up to par, what we've come to expect. And it's kind of, um, I would kind of agree with that. We've, we've maybe gotten one good game um, in the, uh, in all the games that we've gotten and over the, uh, the past couple of weeks, we've got like one good game each weekend or one or two good games. So 
um, you know, kind of not like like last year where we we're seeing like these really good games, really great games, um, which is fine. But um, uh, two number one seeds uh, kind of expected this, but um, you know, I'm down for it. I I, I like this matchup, so um, I'm excited for the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, I just wanted to dog on the officiating for a second. They suck. We it's something that we I mean, we might have caught it out as early as week six or seven, really. Um, and it was kind of like, oh well, you know, we'll see where it goes here. And it's like it definitely hasn't gotten any better. And I don't know if it's just because there's more eyes on, you know, one or two games. Uh, that really highlights the issues versus a you know week four in the regular season when you've got sixteen games the fan bases are scattered I, like maybe that plays into it a little bit but it felt like championship weekend this was like some of the worst officiated games it felt like that we've seen in a long time uh, both losing teams had nearly uh, double the amount of penalties they normally have in a game. Um, the I, I did the math earlier this week. I don't remember exactly. The 49ers, they're middle of the pack towards the bottom or top, depending on how you look at it in terms of penalties. Uh, and they had nearly twice as many, actually more than twice as many, I believe. That one I think you can rationalize because once the starting quarterback went out, the defense knew they were going to have to cause a play. You know, or you were going to need a special team's play a big turnover on defense to get back in the game. And so I can kind of understand that one. The Bengals game, the Bengals are like the fourth or fifth least penalized team in the league. Uh, and they had, you know, they only had, I think their average was like four point something penalties a game. And they had at least nine, I believe. So that was pretty uncharacteristic for them. And coincidentally, it was uh, the Kansas City Chiefs second least penalized game all season, I believe. Um, and so uh, I just feel like it's a bad look for the league when NFL rigged is trending on Twitter, you know? Um, <laughs> I don't right. think the players would ever choose to, like, you know, throw games or anything like that. But it does feel like the officiating's been pretty bad lately. And, it, like, we've said that all season. It's been pretty bad. Eventually, I feel like it'll have to come to a point and – we might get replacement refs again. I, I don't know, but it it feels like they've been they've been kind of kind of rough lately. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know about about you guys, but I have never seen a team fully complete a play and then have them say, "Hey, let's redo the the play over again," and then they get a penalty on the following play. <laughs> that was the weirdest, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in football. Like. I thought he was just – I thought the referee was just whistling for, like, the clock adjustment or something. And then because the clock didn't do what they wanted to, they they basically gave the Chiefs a, a free third down. I don't think anything came of it, but, like, Zach Taylor definitely had every right to be mad at the refs there. But I think it did. I think they got a, a penalty on the next play that got them a first down. Yeah, but, like, I don't think points came out of it, did it? Because, I mean, either way, Zach had every right to be. Well, either way, it's a bad look, right? I, I mean, yeah, I would say so. 
I will say, like, the, the late hit on Mahomes at the end of the game, like, I do think that was the penalty. But mm-hmm. – Right. I don't know. You can probably – I think I – I don't know. Like, I don't really have one side or the other, but I feel like the consensus of, like, a large majority of fan bases seem to feel like the Chiefs had the refs in their pocket in that game, you know. Um, but, oh, well, yeah. who knows. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I'll, you know, it's just it's a great Super Bowl matchup coming up. Uh, Mr. Hertz and uh, Mr. Mahomes, two uh, good college quarterbacks. Um, I, I do kind of want to talk a little bit also about what Aram was talking about earlier, just the, the 49ers situation. I mean, man, you got three guys that, that are potentially quarterback number one with Mr. Purdy kind of coming out of nowhere. We'll see uh, with him. And then, as Aram mentioned, kind of how that how he heals with that injury. Um, you got Trey Lance, the guy that you traded up to get. And now there's, again, you know, he played only a couple games this year, but there's, there's some doubts there for sure. And then you got Jimmy G that, um, as Aram mentioned also, he could be walking and uh, some other teams out there definitely see him walking and, and want to have him maybe come to their club and uh, be their quarterback. So definitely a huge amount of uh, decisions for the 49ers coming up as a, front office um, as, and as an ownership group to decide and make the decision on who they want to keep, who they want to commit to. Um, but uh, for the, for the Eagles and the the chiefs, they kind of know who their quarterbacks, I think are going to be moving forward at least for a few years. So um, they got that at least, but do you got anything wrong? Uh, nothing to really add. Um, but I do want to talk about the pro bowl real quickly. They are going to be doing the pro bowl this weekend. Uh, there's going to be a flag football game uh, as well as some skill competitions. Um, you have some dodgeball, you got some precision passing. And I think you got the one where they try to, you know, do some cool catches and they land on the little mattress thing, whatever you call that. But the NFL players are going to be having some fun. Um, there's some alternatives coming in like Tyler Huntley. He's easier. He's your third quarterback for the AFC guys. Um, don't really know how that works. I guess fans want to see him in the pro bowl. You have Derek Carr coming in there as well, uh, who's playing at home, technically. I think Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, so he's going to say his final goodbye uh, to the Vegas fans, and I'm sure it's going to be an emotional moment. But uh, other than that, uh, we won't be doing much uh, this weekend. We'll be going over the Super Bowl next weekend, and then we will officially be in off-season mode. The Bears will be on the clock officially. We'll go over that. Uh, we have their draft boards coming in. We have yeah, flex on them. We have the uh, mock drafts coming in in the near future. Uh, the action won't stop here for the yeah guys, but uh, we will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you very much for watching and listening. Bye-bye. Yeah.